Has this happened to you before? You're trying to teach a lesson to your class. You're really excited about it, but you keep having to stop because of constant blurting or just general talking. This is a common struggle in elementary classrooms, and today you are going to hear about effective strategies that will finally help you stop that talking and interrupting that's keeping you from teaching. In this episode, I'm joined by my friend, Gina. Gina is a kindergarten teacher with over 10 years of classroom experience. She is a classroom and behavior management coach for teachers, both in person and online through her website, Teaching with Heart. She is passionate about helping elementary educators change challenging student behavior by figuring out the why behind it. You are going to love this episode. I really enjoyed talking with Gina. We talked about strategies for figuring out the why behind student behavior, specifically talking. We talked about my experience going through her mini training, and she shared some game-changing strategies that you can use right away. So without further ado, here's Gina. Welcome to the Teacher Time Podcast a space where teachers are empowered to take control of their prep time so they can enjoy their time off guilt-free. You know how teachers are always working long hours? Here, we're changing that norm together by tackling your biggest productivity questions and planning challenges. I'm your host, Stephanie Polovchik, kindergarten teacher, toddler mama, and your very own productivity mentor. I know what it takes to get your important tasks done so you can consistently work your scheduled hours as a teacher, and I'm sharing it all with you here. In this community, we believe that you can be an effective teacher without sacrificing your free time. So let's ditch that constant cycle of overwhelm for teacher time strategies that work. Why? Because your time matters. Hey, teacher friends. Welcome to another episode of the Teacher Time Podcast. I have a special guest back here today to chat with you all about how to stop the constant interrupting that is keeping you from teaching in your classroom. So please welcome Gina from Teaching with Heart. Hey, Gina, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, I'm so excited. So we had Gina on once before and she talked about classroom management. We'll link to that um, episode in the show notes. So if you happen to miss it, you can go back and catch up on that. But before we dive into today's topic, which I'm so excited to talk to her about, can you, Gina, just start by telling our listeners in case they're newer here and they missed that past episode, tell us about yourself. Yeah, sure. So I am a kindergarten teacher. Um, I've been teaching for 11 years, um, all in kindergarten. And, you know, I started really my journey in classroom and behavior management. Um, About my fourth year into teaching, I had a class that was just out of control, like multiple kids escaping every day or throwing things or destroying my room. And I hadn't really learned like in either in college or in my master's degree program, like what to do. Our classroom management class was like, make classroom rules, the end. (laughs) And it didn't really tell me, like, what do you do when you have these extreme behaviors? Um, And in talking to, like, my teammates and other teachers in the school, I realized, like, no one really knows. Um, And that was a big need and a big gap that I couldn't find support with. So um, I started doing my own research. I was 
lucky enough that the school hired a BCBA to come and consult in my room. And she taught me so much. She's like one of my best friends now. And so I just started learning everything that I could about behavior because I couldn't see how I could continue on with things how they were. I was like, there's no way I can stay in a classroom where I'm getting hit and kicked and punched every day and do nothing about it, right? Like something has to change. Yes. Um, and then in talking to so many teachers online, I found I found that it wasn't just me and my school and my small town. Like no one really knew outside of the realm of special education. What do you do with general ed kids who are just out of control in their behavior? And and really, I say out of control on a spectrum, right? Like it could be from blurting out yeah. to like hitting you. Um, but that was a real need and no one was really talking about it um, in the sense of that they had a solution. Like people were talking about it and saying, I want to leave teaching, but no one knew what to do um, and how you could solve that problem so you could stay in a profession that you loved um, and in my case wanted to do from when you were very little. Um, so that's kind of how I got started. And then people online were really receiving well all of the information that I was sharing. Um, and I was able to help teachers in my school as well. So I, you know, anything behavior related in my school, I try to help. And it's really just, it's butted into this passion of mine that I love to support students with challenging behavior and also support teachers in understanding, you know, you didn't learn about this and that's okay. Just like what's going on in literacy right now, like when we know better, we do better. So um, supporting teachers and figuring out how to best support their students as well. Yeah, I mean, I can so relate and you're absolutely right. There is a huge gap in like our education as teachers, as far as like we don't receive the kind of instruction that we need on how to best manage behavior. So I'm so grateful that you're helping teachers with this um, because you've personally helped me with it too. And we'll get into that in a little bit as well. Yes. But I'm just, I mean, yeah, so grateful. This is such a need. And you said something about like how like this can be preventable and we can allow, you know, teachers can stay in a career that they are passionate about if they know how to prevent or how to be, you know, proactive with this. And I, what would be the first thing that, you know, teachers can need to do or need to understand in order to make these changes? Yeah, um, we talked about this in the training that you just took. And really, I, the biggest disconnect I see is that no matter what behavior a student is engaging in, we are just trying to make it stop, right? Like we're in the middle of our lesson, or we're in the middle of a small group, or we're talking to a student. And when a behavior happens, our first reaction is, oh my gosh, I ju it just needs to stop right now so I can finish doing what I'm doing or so yeah. I can continue doing what I'm doing. Um, and really, it doesn't matter what the behavior is at all. Whatever strategy we're using to make it stop is really, you said this perfectly before, is really mm -hmm. just a Band-Aid that we're putting on the situation. So yeah, it might make it stop in that moment, but it's going to pop up again. It's going to happen again because we haven't actually fixed it. So instead of figuring out what do we do when this behavior happens, we need to figure out why the behavior is happening so we can be proactive about it and we can stop it from happening in the first place. And I think that is something that 
at least in the general education space, mm-hmm. um, teachers don't receive information about. They don't really have time to figure out those things, to be that the detective and figure out, you know, why it's happening. Because um, we talked about this a little bit before, but even when we meet with admin for support, they just want us to give consequences to the student. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really not the best way to go about it. We need to figure out, okay, why is this happening so that we can build proactive strategies to best support our students and stop it from happening in the first place. Then of course, we can build in those reactive strategies and you know consequences if we need. But first, we really need to figure out why it is happening. That makes so much sense. Okay. So I feel like before we know, like before we kind of take those action steps, right? Like what are we possibly doing because we are so, you know, frustrated and just trying to like move on with our, with our lesson? What are some things that you find that teachers are doing like that maybe it's working for a moment in the moment it's that band-aid right but it's not really solving the problem so that because I feel like if we know what we're if we know what not to do we can then talk about like okay what what can I do you know to be more proactive and effective yeah I mean well there's the big thing first of all I and I'm not really sure do people even use them anymore but like just using clip charts and just (laughs) clipping people down right like It doesn't work. Don't do it. (laughs) That's a big thing that's been floating around social media lately. And it's just like, yeah, we know it doesn't work. But even besides that, like, that's not the only thing that people are doing. Um, Sometimes simply just reacting to the student, right? Like if they're blurting out and you tell them to stop, sometimes sending them to the teacher next door. Um, Yeah, it's going to stop the behavior from happening because they're not there anymore. But is it really helping? When they come back, it's probably going to happen again. Um, You know, giving a consequence or a punishment, like taking away a few minutes of recess, taking away playtime if you're in a grade that plays. Um, That's a typical thing, a typical reaction I see teachers having um, to behavior. It's like, oh, if you do it again, that's five minutes off of your center time or five minutes Mm -hmm. off of your recess. Taking things away from students like, oh, gosh. um, Yeah. A preferred activity that would not be recess or maybe like they go on the computer for uh, Starfall or something like Mm -hmm. reading rotations. Oh, nope. Now you have to read books the whole time. Um, Just these things with like a punitive lens. And and even they don't have to be punitive. It could be like, oh, well, now you don't get your punch on your punch card, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily giving a consequence or doing something, something punitive, but it's not giving them the praise for the behavior um, or even threatening to call home. I see this a lot. Like, oh, you blurt out again. I'm going to call your dad. Like, okay. (laughs) What are you going to do? Stop right then and like pick up the phone and and call dad. So they're all things that are designed like in our mind, we want to have control, right? And that's not necessarily Mm -hmm. a bad thing. Everyone wants to have control over what's happening around them. Um, And those are things we default to because it feels like, oh, if we do this, we're going to be back in the driver's seat and we're going to have control. But unfortunately, what we see is that it doesn't give us control because the only person who can control their behavior is that person. Yeah. So so that student. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you're kind of touching on this, like, why, why don't these, like all of these strategies, why don't they work? 
So they're just reactions to a behavior. They're just trying to get the behavior to stop by any means necessary, but they're not figuring out, like I said before, why the behavior is happening. Because what we know now is that when a student engages in a challenging behavior, it's actually a signal to us that they're missing skills that are actually needed to engage in the behavior that we deem acceptable. So um, I know I talk about Ross Green a lot. He has one of my favorite quotes of all time. It's challenging kids are challenging because they lack the skills to not be challenged. So what are those skills that your kids are missing in order to display the proactive behavior or the pro-social behavior? Yeah, we almost have to stop like we almost have to stop and reflect as teachers and look at this through a different lens instead of reacting and try to just like get back control, like look at that child and try to understand why this is happening. And I know you said that's really what really what we need to do. So you would say then that figuring out why the behavior is happening is the first step. Yes, because you can't plan any strategies Mm -hmm. until you know why it's happening. Because when you find out why it's happening, that will help you plan what strategies you're going to do. Every strategy you can possibly use would work differently based on why the student's behavior is happening. So you can try strategy after strategy. And if something's not working, you can try something new. But until you really understand what skills that student is missing and what they're trying to communicate with their behavior, you can't figure out what strategy is going to work. I have two questions here. And, and <laughs> yeah. you can pick which order you you inter- you talk about them in. But I'm wondering, number one, like what are some reasons why students engage in challenging behaviors? Like why, oh. what are some, you know, some of those functions? And then the second question is how can teachers figure out why they're doing that? Yeah. So I'll do the first one first. So okay. behavior occurs for one of four reasons. And student behavior can occur for multiple reasons, right? So it doesn't have to be one out of the four. It can be two or three Um, for attention. So a student engages in a behavior in order to gain attention or connection with either, it could be adults, it could also be peers. Two would be escape. So a student is engaging in a challenging behavior in order to stop something from happening or get out of it pretty much escape, escape it. Number three would be some sort of sensory stimulation. So they're doing something because it feels good or because it stops something from feeling bad. Um, And four would be access. So a student is engaging in a behavior in order to gain access to an item or access to control. Gaining access to an activity would be an example. So those are the four functions, um, attention, escape, sensory, and access. Um, Like I said, a student's behavior can be maintained by more than one of those. So it doesn't have to be only attention. Behavior usually has more than one function. Um, And how you can figure it out. So you do have to do a little uh, digging, right? Like you have to put your detective hat on and you really have to look at when is the behavior happening? Who is it happening with? What are the circumstances around the behavior? And see if you can uncover any patterns. So for example, maybe a student's behavior um, only happens in whole group lessons and not small group lessons. Um, 
maybe a student's behavior happens when they're around certain peers, or maybe it's during a certain lesson, like only math, or maybe it happens all of the time. And the thing that I really want to stress is that even if it feels like it happens all of the time, like I have a new student, for example, and he constantly is talking, constantly is making noise. And in my mind, it feels like it is happening happening 24 seven. Um, you really just have to take a step back for a minute. So you have to make sure that you're calm first and really think about, okay, I know it feels like it's happening all the time, but let me write down the exact times that it's happening. And my biggest suggestion for this would be to just keep like, I like to use post-its, just keep something by where you're teaching and just make a note every time that it happens. And that will help you really see like, okay, it feels like it's happening all the time, but really it's happening during all whole group lessons. Every time I do something literacy related, which is most of our day, um, that will help you start to uncover some patterns about when it's happening, why it's happening, during what it's happening. And then you can use that information to see to think, okay, if it's happening during these lessons, what happens right after? Um, so are kids responding to the student? Are you sending them out of the classroom? Um, just seeing what the effect of their behavior is. And based on that, is their behavior continuing or is it stopping? Um, so it's really this kind of puzzle that you have to put together to figure out what makes sense to be the why behind behind um, a student's behavior. And you might think it's one thing and then maybe you switch your idea to something else um, when you do a little, a little more digging. It's all really a hypothesis. Um, and then you test your hypothesis with strategies that you use. If your strategies are working, then your hypothesis was right. If they're not, maybe you need to think back um, and go through it again. Maybe you even need to ask a teacher on your team, you know, this is what's happening. What do you think? Sometimes it's a little bit easier when someone's removed from the situation to be able to look through it with a clear, a clear lens, a fresh set of eyes, um, because sometimes we're just too close to it. So I would say leaning on your teammates or your teacher friends to kind of um, listen to what you have to say and decipher it. That could be really, really helpful. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. I agree. Sometimes we're so close to it. And like you said, you feel like, oh my gosh, this is happening all the time. And it gets frustrating because your goal is to teach. And when you're constantly being interrupted and you can't do that, it is frustrating. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree. I think it'd be super helpful to even have a teammate come in, come in even and watch and just be like, okay, it's happening here, you know, or just talk to them about it because I agree when there's a little space between. So I wanted to just like reiterate too, you had said like, because we, we were talking kind of about just behavior in general and there's so many different behaviors, but these four functions that you talked about, I mean, they apply to interrupting and, and talking while you're teaching as well, correct? Yeah, because- Talking or blurting out or interrupting, that's a behavior. Mm -hmm. um, so they're, they apply to any behavior, no matter, no matter how low level or how um, extreme the behavior mm -hmm. is. So yeah, even just interrupting your lesson, it's because of one of those four functions. Okay. Yes. Um, so, okay. We talked about common responses that like we might be doing that are band-aids and we're going to, yes. I hope we're all taking notes and, you know, <laughs> we're ready to figure out the function instead and so that's our first step. Now, 
um, you have a free resource that I downloaded um, and it's amazing. It's called the one thing that you need to know to stop the constant talking. And so I definitely recommend downloading that. We're going to link to that in the show notes. Yeah. And that, that will help you um, mm-hmm. read a little and understand a little bit more about the functions of behavior and how you can figure out what the function of your student's behavior is. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's a powerful tool, seriously. Um, but I also wanted to talk about your new mini training, Teaching Uninterrupted, because I went through it and you guys, it's awesome. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I was, um, well, I, so I have a course, um, Mm -hmm. classroom management made easy and I was planning on opening it up, um, in January because in my mind, like, okay, new year, teachers want to reset their classroom management. Um, and I was talking to a lot of teachers on Instagram and they were just telling me like, I don't have time to do it. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to, you know, dig a little deeper. Okay. Well, you know, what are the behaviors that you're seeing that um, are happening right now and are really impacting your teaching? Because maybe I can just help with that one specific area if you don't have time to commit like three weeks to a course. Um, And every single teacher I talked to, (laughs) which I was actually blown away because I I honestly, I thought I was going to get a different answer than I did. Um, Everyone was like, they just don't stop talking. And I was like, oh, okay, well... (laughs) wow, that is not the answer that I expected to get, but let's do it. Like, let's Ah. solve that problem. So I created my mini training, Teaching Uninterrupted, to help teachers stop the constant talking and interrupting in their classroom because it it is so frustrating to teachers, um, not only because they have to get through lessons, but because we have so much pressure on us from higher-ups to stay on the pacing guide and to get through what you need to get through that, you know, even if we in our minds can be flexible, we have a lot of stress coming at us from other places. So it's like, we need to get through this lesson. Stop interrupting me. I'm so frustrated. (laughs) And, you know, I just need to get on with teaching. I don't have time to be stopping and redirecting kids who are interrupting every five seconds. Um, So that's really why the mini training was born. I wanted something super bite-sized for teachers who are in the classroom right now and don't have a ton of time to commit to, you know, sitting down every night and watching hour long trainings. So I created just a one hour training. I actually broke it up into mini chunks. So this way you can watch whenever you have just a few minutes. I know like I like to listen to things when I'm like washing the dishes. So if you have eight minutes um, just to watch a few, a little snippet of the training. And I really try to take you from start to finish. How do you find the function of your students' um, constant blurring and interrupting? And then how do you plan strategies that are effective that will actually stop the constant interrupting in your classroom? So the honestly, the response to it has been wild. I did not expect so many teachers to take it. Um, I did not expect like such teachers that I look up to like you to, to j- jump in and take it. And I'm just so thankful and just so happy to be able to help so many teachers. Yeah. So it, hopefully people are loving it. I have gotten some good feedback so far. Um, and I just want to be able to help as many teachers as possible. Yeah. I want to talk about it. So, um, I, I signed up number, I look up to you too. Like, I mean, so 
love Gina's tips on, you know, just behavior management and classroom management, super easy to implement. You're welcome. Um, and so definitely, um, you're going to want to download that freebie and go follow her on Instagram if you're not. But I, I signed up for that because I was like, you know, I agree. Sometimes it just feels like there's constant talking going on and, I I've used the band-aid strategies before, you know, they don't work. And I just needed like a solid system. Like, okay, someone tell me like how to do this step-by-step. Like what, what can I do that's going to work? And I went through the course, the mini training in a weekend. I mean, and like you, I love to listen to podcast episodes or, you know, courses on like while I'm making dinner or something. So I listened to it on the weekend and I really took it all in, like soaked it all in, printed the workbook. And then that Monday, actually it was just this past Monday. Yeah. Um, I started, I started like really sitting down and figuring out like, okay, why are these students blurting out and interrupting and, you know, starting com- full on conversations while during my lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really did help me just better understand why this is happening. And then from there, I felt like I was able to respond more proactively. I was less likely to respond with one of those reactive strategies, right? Because I was coming at it from a place of understanding and you really do such a great job. I sent you like, there were several times I like picked up my phone. I paused the lesson and I was like, I have to send her a message. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like this strategy, like why didn't I think like duh, of course, you know, you give such, um, great strategies for like, you know, you talk about how to respond when in the moment when it's happening, you talk about, you know, um, how to respond after, and then different strategies to help those students learn the missing skills that they're, that they have. Um, and just the way that you put it into words, like, it just helped me understand it too so much better. You're like, you know, when you talk, you talk about like a bucket, right? And these mm-hmm. students having a bucket that's that has holes in it, and those are their missing skills, and we need to fill those that bucket up in yeah. order to get the stopping to talk, right? <laughs> and or yeah. and and ultimately, it's not just about the behavior; it's about helping that student too. So, um, yeah, super powerful mini training everyone needs to take it. I mean, like you cannot tell me you're a teacher that has not dealt with constant talking before. Like it is going to help you so much. Yeah. So we're going to link to that too in the show. Yes. Yes. I'm so, I'm so glad that you found it helpful. And, you know, just hearing from a real life teacher, because so often people take your course or take your training and then you don't hear anything. Um, So actually hearing that it is helpful, um, you know, outside of my own classroom. Yeah. It's just, it's so great. And I think you were saying this a little bit earlier, even though the focus of this training was specifically stopping constant talking, blurting and interrupting, you can apply the strategies to any behavior. So yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to just stop there. You can use what you learned and use it for your other students as well. Absolutely. Yes. It's, I mean, the knowledge that you're going to gain and the understanding just from, you know, from this is, 
huge. It's going to help, you know, all around. So yeah, definitely you guys need to check out teaching in uninterrupted. Love the name of this meeting, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, and Gina, thank you so much again for being here. Um, can you just talk about where, where else teachers can, can find you and connect with you? Yeah. Thank you for having me. I love coming on and chatting with you. Um, so I'm on Instagram at teaching with heart and then, my website is teachingwheart.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, Stephanie, you said that you would link to the free guide. Yep. It's subscribepage.com backslash TWH one thing. Um, the number one, not the word. <laughs> and then you said you would link to the mini training as well, which is teaching yep. uninterrupted. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Gina, for being here. Thank you. All right. Talk soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what we talked about here and want to connect further, you can find everything you need on my website, www.teachinglittleleaders.com. And if you loved this episode in particular, share it with your teacher friends by taking a screenshot and posting to Instagram stories. Make sure to tag me at teachinglittleleaders so I can see it and reshare. I'll see you next Tuesday. Have a fabulous week.